Welcome back into the Pigskin Cafe. Today on the show, we're serving up part two of our interview with Coach Hayes as we provide our bold takes of the 2022 season, coaches who are on the hot seat, and programs that will be on the rise in 2022. Wesley, take us in. You're listening to the Pigskin Cafe, a podcast covering the wild world of college football. On tap for today are hot takes, controversy, and analysis on your favorite team. Pull up a seat and your host, Hampton Sipper, will be with you in three, two, one. And we are back. Welcome back in the Pigskin Cafe. My name is Hampton Sipper and I am back. Again, with the Red Extraordinary himself, Chase Haney, and our very special guest, Coach Hayes. Before we get started and kind of take a detailed look and preview of the 2022 college football season, only less than 30 days away, man. We are, we are close. Alabama open spring practice today. I mean, we're, we're there. We made it. Chase, I'm going to kick it over to you, ask a question to Coach real quick, um, and then we'll kind of get right into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, so good to be back. Love getting back in this rhythm. Hampton's tossing to me really early on here in this podcast because Hampton's got on the Jaguars uh, Raiders game that he didn't want to miss the the third and fourth quarter of the first preseason game that's, you know, always electric comes to the end of the game. I had to watch Jared Stidham, my favorite NFL quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) everybody gets really excited about football is back. Then about after the first quarter, everybody's kind of like, all right, what do I usually do on a Thursday night? I mean, it, it just yeah. it, it wears off so fast. So I think we're very much looking forward to college football. But, uh, yeah, back here with Coach Hayes, which is just always such a fun guest. Hope you listened to part one. And, and really we wanted to kind of just help. I think Hampton and I really wanted to, to really just genuinely hear this um, from a fan of his, just getting to hear him kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. And, Coach, I really just put the ball on the tee and love to hear anything that you'd love to tell us. But just what's been re- one thing that's been really – an exciting moment, um, something that's really cool that just doing the YouTube game that I'm sure you couldn't have predicted, but just a really cool moment that uh, you might have been privileged to have just because of this route that you've been doing and grinding towards and uh, just a, a thing that you'll remember for a long, long time. Uh, definitely, man. Uh, you know, I do these, w- I call them WREs, which stands for Watch, React, and Evaluate, uh, where I break down the top talent in the nation, do all fan bases, you know, just guys who are going to commit or guys who have committed or dropped their top three or four, whatever the case may be. Whoever's hot, I'm on it. Uh, so I, I did a young man named Peter Woods, who was the is, the, is the, the third defensive lineman in the country, the number three ranked guy in the country. And so I did his film, and approximately about a week later, I, I get this uh, Instagram DM. And he's like, Coach called me, and it's Peter Woods. And I call him. He's like, oh, Coach, man, you know, I get on the phone. It's like 1030 at night. I'm <laughs> like, uh, he's like, oh, coach, man, I thank you for the video, man. My family loves it, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh, man, I appreciate it. He's like, you know, we chatted up a small talk. And he's like, coach, I want you to come to my commitment. I'm like, hmm? You know, like, you know, I'm here in Orlando. He's in Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm like, well, all right. So I was like, well, who's doing it? You know, ESPN or um, what is it, 247 or whatever. He's like, no, just my mom. So I'm like, <laughs> hey man, let's make it. I, I just right then I just said, "Hey man, let's make it big, man. Let's uh, let's go live on the channel and let's make it big for you and your family." He was like, "I love it, Coach. Talk to the mom. We worked it out. I jump on a plane, make it happen. We go there. Uh, it was phenomenal, man. Uh, I mean, the fans were there at Thompson High School. I don't know if you've ever been to Thompson High School, mm-hmm. but let me tell you something. It is phenomenal. It looks like a college. It really does. Um, mm-hmm. You know, facilities are outstanding and so forth. But anyhow, we do it live on the channel. Everybody's watching. We had like the exclusive rights and, you know, uh, reporters are there and so forth, man. We had like 9,000 people in the chat watching it. It's got wow. like around 30,000 views right now. And that kind of kicked off uh, a new outlet on the channel. So mm-hmm. we just did Jordan Castile, who, who, uh, committed to the University of Florida. I'm not going to say it just yet. I'm not sure when this broadcast, but we have a big one coming out on August 10th. So make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel, man, so you don't miss it. You guys are definitely going to watch that, and I think we're going to really have something. So I think we have something here, but that's huge uh, that's going on on the channel, and it shows that 
these players are starting to trust me and trust mm-hmm. our channel and our fan bases for what we're doing because we do have their best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I think that it comes back really just to the conversation we had last episode where there are some people who only want you for your money aspect that you bring to their their program, their network. And man, I, I, I hope that maybe even through just this small podcast that we're doing, people get to see your character. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why these that's why these guys love you. And that's why they uh, they look up to you when you say something, they listen. And uh, that's just it. something that you, you, you've got to earn. You can't buy. And so uh, mm-hmm. man, that's thanks for sharing that. And I, I think that that's just such a cool avenue of just the way that this is all come together. I mean, I know if you were to look back when you first started, you would never guess that it would have probably gotten to where it was a year ago. But then to hear just how, I mean, you were really making a name for yourself. Absolutely. And we're just, we're, we're excited that you'll even take time out of your day to do this with us. Uh, Hampton, Man, I appreciate though, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hampton, you want to, you want to drive this truck a little bit? I feel like I had some, uh, I usually just sit back and ask y'all good questions and then see if I can't get you pitted <laughs> against each other. But I think this one's a little bit more, uh, this was a little bit more. We'll, we'll all kind of go at it. I'll let you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Put him up. Hey, Bill Haney's son, right here. You remember that Hampton? <laughs> that's an interesting. Shout out, wow. there's some, yeah. There's, yeah, there's some boxer right now who's who's killing it with my last name, and his his dad is also the same name as my dad. So, Bill Haney's son oh, wow. applies to me and this boxer who apparently keeps uh, keeps whooping all this tail. But it, it runs well in the jeans, man. It runs right, well in the jeans. Right. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Now that that side note made absolutely no sense to whoever was listening to this, I um, Hampton, feel free to steer, yeah, feel free to steer this. You, you take over. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, before I get into that, I just want to add on to your point about coach. Um, not only you know you talking about can't faking it. The first word that comes to mind when I think about you is authenticity, and you know your stuff, and people can see that, and they can with a world and a media space full of hot takes and clickbait. You're the antithesis of that. And so, um, you know, we appreciate everything that you do for us by coming on, but also the great work you're doing uh, with these recruits and their families. And I know that means a lot to them. So um, we will now move on. I'll put the truck in gear and let's drive and we'll go to Hampton pigskin cafe. Let's ride. (laughs) Big Skin Cafe, let's ride. ride. I'm telling you, all I need is a football and a green screen, and we'd be good to go. Um, But, uh, Coach, my first question I want to ask you, Mm -hmm. give me your boldest take. And not really – it can be a hot take, but give me your boldest take of the 2022 college football season and give me a little bit of evidence as to why this is going to come true this year. Hmm. All right, let me see here. All right, I'm going to go outside the white lines on this one. Uh Uh-oh. I know you guys are Alabama fans. I get it. (laughs) Nick Saban wins the national championship and retires in December. In December? I mean, I'm sorry, January. He retires in January. He retires in January. I forget, but he retires right after, goes on to get a little media career, you know, calling some games or doing big time stuff. I think his he wants to just uh, beat Bear Bryant uh, for the amount of championships uh, as a single coach. I know he has one more than him now with the LSU championship, but he's tied currently with the Alabama. Right. So he wants to get the one more to kind of just solidify. You know, everybody wants to be the man on the mountain. Right. I get it. And Mm -hmm. uh, he does that because I don't I don't. And especially the way today's going with we talked about mega conferences is definitely harder. So I think he'll be uh, etched in stone for centuries to come uh, well beyond our lifetime uh, in that sense. And I think that's what he's fighting for. That's my okay. big take when it comes to kind of outside the lines and inside. I said they're going to win a natty, okay. so there it is. Okay, and his name will be writ in crimson flame, as the fight song says. Um, so I got a follow-up question to that. Okay. If he does retire, who, who is his replacement? <laughs> Who's his replacement? <laughs> Coach Hayes. Coach Hayes. <laughs> Coach. I love it. Hey. Hey, that dude, that dude has like fancy. Hey, that dude has a YouTube channel. He can coach. Hey, <laughs> let me do it. Hey, I don't know, man. I've been hearing a lot. I've been hearing the Dabo Sweeney name uh kicked around the yard a little bit. 
Um, you know, that's just what you're hearing. But I can say oh, I that I, I, I don't have an answer because I don't know. But what I will say is whoever they get, oh, boy, you're talking about a pressure job. Um, Impossible job, really. And, and, and I'm trying to think of someone who is currently in the coaching field that's not young but has some age but has some longevity left, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. a guy like 50s. Yeah. And I can't, I just can't think of a person that can say, okay, I can come in here, got a 10-year deal in this deal, and I just don't know a guy um, that comes in there because what you don't want to do is have a great career. Let's just take Dabble, for example. Mm-hmm. Dabble has done an excellent job at Clemson. He comes in there and it doesn't work well. Now you've tarnished your career. See, some guys not going to take it just because of what it can do on the back end. Could it could be a lot more risk than reward? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Who do you think? I guess I'm gonna flip the question to the question. Did you guys really, you know, diehard Bama guys? I'll let Chase go first, and then I'll I'll put a bow on it, as he likes to say. Okay. And, I mean that, that. I mean that is the question. It, it comes down to. I mean, we saw where it seemed like, you know, it seemed like Sarkeesian was going to be the next guy, and I think that that the, yeah. your timeline would have been very. I mean, if not even earlier, it would have been. I would say, extremely accurate. If, if Sarkeesian would have been able to hang around, they won national championship. I it felt like he felt like he could hand that off to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if him and Bob quite have that relationship. There, I, I just I, there might be some 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 bodies in the closet a little bit from how he left the Houston, you know, Houston Texans a little bit. I, I don't, I just don't really know. It doesn't seem like it's it's there yet. It might be, but uh, I I I don't know if we could even say who's going to be the next guy. It'll probably be somebody from within because the last thing you want is somebody to come in and just change everything because that person's not going to really want to come in and do that. Like you said, it'll be too much. It'll be that their system didn't work and it's just this impossible job. But if there's somebody who's from within, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, he's still working with the same players, but I think that who we should probably be trying to think of who's going to be the guy after the guy. That's mm-hmm. probably going to be who, who's, who's more, Good point. who the fit is going to make more sense. That's kind of how I see it. Um, Man, it'd be cool to see. Uh, I can't even do it. It's been so long since we talked college football. I can see this dude's face. We can't even think of his name. The guy at Cincinnati. Luke uh, Fickle? Yeah, Fickle. I mean, I think that, that that's the kind of jump, though, that you would really consider. I think in Aranda mm-hmm. at Baylor, that's the kind of person that you would consider. But I don't think that really – again, I, I could see some of those guys coming right after him, but I could mm-hmm. really see it coming after the guy who replaces Saban. So, Hampton, looks yeah. like I stole your guy. What do you think? It you sounds did. like a random. Probably it. What do you think? Well, Aranda's up there. But number one on my list is clearly the man, the myth, the legend, Pete Golding, for sure. That's right. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, by the way. <laughs> boy, you scared me, boy. <laughs> I got coach. I saw them eyes get big, man. No, like a deer in headlights. No, Pete Golding right. would not be on my list. Um, even though I think he's done a good job at defensive coordinator, unlike a lot of our fans. Um, but a guy like Aranda, I think, would make a lot of sense. He's done an incredible job at Baylor um, in his short time there. I think he'll be able to recruit. He's coached in the SEC before. And I think I would be thrilled with that hire. Um, you mentioned Bill O'Brien. I don't think that's as crazy as you made it out to be. And the reason I say that is, I do think Saban and him have a pretty good relationship. And as a coach, not as a GM, if you separate the coach from the GM portion in Houston, he was a great coach. The problem came when he tried to do it all. That just never works out hardly ever, unless you're Bill Belichick, um, who, you know, he has a questionable record draft in the past few years, but I digress. Um, But I think Bill O'Brien, with the work he did at Penn State, after Paterno, that program was at the bottom of the barrel. He did a great job coming in and kind of elevating them to prominence a little bit better um, and making it an easier transition for James Franklin to come in there and kind of elevate it even more. I mean, he turned Christian Hackenberg into a second-round quarterback, for goodness sake. Um, So I don't think he would be a bad option. Um, 
Mario Cristobal, anybody? He might be a good option. Um, um, <laughs> but for real, my honest thing, I don't think Saban is – I think Saban will coach out the remainder of his contract. I think he's addicted to the process. He's addicted to being on a team. And I don't think he'll retire after another natty. Um, now, he may. And if he does, I'll have to take off work because I'll be an emotional wreck. But – I don't think I had to do that for another four or five more years. So um, I like the tape, though. Very bold, very bold tape. So um, I, re I really like it. Chase, you got anything before we move on to the next? I was going to ask what your hot take was. Oh, my hot take? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So I'm not, I'm not officially submitting a prediction for week one. I've got to do more research and I do more work. But my prediction is that Bo Nix is going to have a really good year at Oregon. And I think he's going to prove that Gus Malzahn was hampering his development and the personnel at, around him at Auburn um, throughout his time there didn't help it as well because he never had a good offensive line. He's never really had great weapons other than um, Seth Williams, who, you know, he's a good college receiver. I don't think he's an elite guy. And I think at Oregon, they're going to be able to run the ball. Mario recruited the OL well there. I think they're going to have a good system around him to really um, accentuate what he does well. And I think he's going to do better away from the pressure of being Pat Nixon's son at Auburn and having to live up to that legend. I think he sometimes almost put too much pressure on himself, trying to always make the big play. And I think that coaching staff is going to make him play with structure, play within the offense and less kind of backyard ball. But I think if he has a really good year, there's a chance, not officially saying it, that they could shock the world and beat Georgia week one. That is my bold take of 2021. What do you think about that? And then give me yours and then we'll move on to the next subject. Coach, I'll let you go first. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, like I said, I mean, Bo Nix has, has gone through a lot. I mean, he goes mm -hmm. over to Oregon. Um, uh, Coach Landing uh, goes over there, defensive guy, right? But he comes in, they need a quarterback. We know what they went through last year. I forget the gentleman's name uh, that was playing, but and I know Coach Cristobal had uh, him there, but that was a very key piece to what they needed in order to win big games. And you saw Utah put it on them twice because they couldn't get the ball, you know, cross the first down to keep the chains moving. Mm -hmm. A lot of miss errors, so no, that's a great pick, and it's out of love field for me because I wasn't even thinking that way. But yeah, great, great, great bold prediction. I love it, and I'll be watching too to find out. Yeah, you know, you know it, Chase. What do you think, buddy? Man, I, and honestly, it's it's funny you even asked me this, and I was like trying to think about it, and then call myself, dude. It, it feels like so much has changed in college football. I was even trying to think about who's supposed to be good. Mm -hmm. Here's here's what I'll say. This is this one isn't too bold or hot. But I would this is say a lukewarm take. Lukewarm? It's, 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 it's a mildly hot, mildly hot okay. take. I think that USC and LSU will upset some people at how successful they are this year. I'm not saying that they're going to go. I don't. I don't know if I'm really even probably. I think one of them will have a 10 win season. I I don't think it's okay. LSU. I think that USC can turn the ship with momentum. I think that both. I think both of those teams will be better than. Like they'll upset some people of how much how like they just established maybe some consistency to their program. Um, okay, I think that's what I'll go with. I, I don't quite know if I'll stand behind that. It might be week three, and it's like all right, that's already already out the window. But uh, I think they got better. I think that LSU needs some consistency. I don't really love either situation, but I think they'll be better than the regular college football fan wants them to be. Okay. I'm with – I think USC, with the influx of transfers that they got, I know on offense they're going to be explosive. Now, on defense, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop uh, me, us three out there. If we were playing, um, you know, playing out there and throwing the pigskin all across the yard, I don't think they'd be able to stop us, especially um, with Shane Lee at linebacker um, trying to cover some running backs out of the backfield. But I think, you know, they're in a weaker conference and that offensive firepower – yeah. Nine or ten wins, not out of the room of possibility at all. What do you think, Coach? No, I agree. We already know what Lincoln Riley can do, man, when it comes to offenses. 
We know he brings in, takes Caleb Williams with him, Mario Williams uh, with him yep. all the way west. You know, these guys are literally East Coast guys. You got Caleb coming out of D.C., uh, makes a stop right there in Norman. Uh, mm-hmm. not, that's not where I'm going. Let me go all the way to L.A. I'm going westward. Mm-hmm. And then he takes Mario Williams out of Tampa area to, to Oklahoma, and he goes on. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to go on and a lot of pieces. Jordan Addison is now yeah. uh, out that way. Uh, and I think Rick, Lincoln Riley understands that I can outscore these people. We might win 49-48, but we can outscore them right now in the Pac-12, and we can definitely make it happen. I think Oregon would be the toughest deals they have or whatever going on. But right now, I mean, the Pac-12 as a conference overall is kind of down, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think with what he has and who he who he has been and who he has become as a head coach, definitely will, will dominate that conference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Chase, you want to hit us with the next question, buddy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that I mean, even what y'all said about USC, I could see that just being really clear. I think that they'll, they'll ride some really exciting wins, and even the games that they lose, it'll be like, well, they were supposed to lose those anyways. That's why I think mm-hmm. they'll be more – I don't think their, their losses will hurt them that bad. Oh, man, here we go. What uh, – who do you think has the hot seat – the hot seat going into this year, which coach has one more year to get it right or it's going to be unfortunate circumstances? Coach, you got one that you're already thinking of or do we need to go to Hampton first? No, I, got, I have one. Um, I know. And I don't want to sound biased, but I think my man might have to fear the spear. He might oh, be yeah. thinking. I think that He's in a, I don't know if he's in a, he's in a tough spot. He, I don't know if he's in a situation because I don't know him well. I know he's coming out of Memphis. And I don't know his real background of where all he's been, but he's in a spot in quicksand. That's where he is right now. He, he thought he was going to walk into a great path and wait a minute, as I'm walking, it's getting tougher and tougher, mm-hmm. and sinking and sinking. I mean, I don't know if the job is too big for him. I don't know if he has the right support staff. I don't know what's wrong there. But what I can tell you is I believe that Florida State is going through what Miami has been through a long time, that the, that the admin are not supporting the program. That's why Jimbo packed, packed his stuff up and left. Because you can't tell me that Florida State is not more prestigious football program than Texas A&M at the time. But I mm-hmm. think he understood the writing is on the wall. They don't want to build facilities. They don't. You know, they don't want to get into this arms race like everybody else. Um, and so I think he's walking, he's falling into that. Florida's building. I mean, just think about the competition around you. Florida's building phenomenal facilities. Georgia's building. They've already had phenomenal stuff. Miami is now making pledges of $100 million towards new things, and they got the hype of the new coach. And so all of those schools are his true recruiting competition. I mean, you got LSU right here to the west that's killing Alabama right here. I mean, everybody around you. Is killing you on the outskirts, and you guys still got the beautiful brick stadium, second yeah. largest brick structure in the world. Get it? But that's old now. That's done. And so recruiting, he's suffering. Um, he's losing guys left and right. I mean, he's not bringing in guys. The fan base is starting to turn on him already. You know, it, 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 it's becoming bad. And I think if he, if he, you know, Jacksonville State didn't help him either. Even though I know he beat oh, Miami. Man. No. Yeah. <laughs> but Jacksonville. But can I tell you something? Go for Thank it. you, Mike Norville. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Gabe, Gabe right. Mario. Hey. Absolutely. Thank you for, I mean, hey, like I say, we can't we can't see the, you know, you can't see the, the stuff on sometimes it's right in front of you. But thank yeah. you, man. Appreciate it. Right. But uh, you know, but then you lose the Jacksonville State. Ow. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. absolutely. And yeah, he's got he's got the fear to spear because it might be hitting. It's, it's already it's already back here ready to get chucked. It's just got to come out the hand if you know what I mean. Hey, you mm-hmm. know who fits in that role too? Right when Norvell yeah. gets fired, you know who the next man up is? Prime time. It it could be. I honestly didn't think about him. Um, that, oh, that that's, that's totally fair. No, I, and it might be. It might be. This is why I was, Gus Malzahn's been down there at UCF recruiting well putting together a good little team. If he can recruit from Orlando to Auburn, I mean, that's, that's, that's Tallahassee. So I don't know that that's kind of a, an, an interesting replacement that I thought of that 
I think that as they've seen the Auburn program that Gus left and kind of like how Auburn has not really – like it's more of a program issue, not really a coaching issue. He might get a second chance at a good job is kind of what I was more leaning to. towards. might mm-hmm. not be there, but that's just kind of a name I fit. Hey, if you can run an offense and recruit, I mean, that's what – I mean, Florida State might be pretty happy with you. What do you think? How does that land? Is that is that a good marriage or what do you think if that were to happen? Uh, real quick, I'll just simply say this. You are not wrong about Gus Malzahn. Mm-hmm. He has recruited. He just picks up John Walker out of Osceola that High School. Huge. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. I'm talking about he he's about this far down from a Peter Woods in my eyes. I just mm-hmm. don't think he got the recognition, but his hands are, 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 are great. His ability to get to the ball. He's 310 pounds. He's 6'3", and you got him literally to stay home. When, mm-hmm. I mean, Miami's three hours south, Florida State's four hours north, Florida is two and a half hours north. I mean, and he stays literally. And then they pick up a big-time corner in Brandon Marshall, Braden Marshall uh, there as well. So he's keeping a local guy. And they got a set of twins, they, the, the Harris twins, uh, out of Lake Mary or Lake Brandon. I forget what the one. But they can play. And so, yeah, he's picking up some big pieces yeah. at UCF that Florida mm-hmm. State would probably love to have. So oh, that's yeah. a great call there, Jay. Great call. Mm-hmm. I got to get one in every show. <laughs> <laughs> If, do you what mind if I go next? Well, who's on the hot seat? Go for it, man. And, and I'll kind of more simply, I don't know if I could really give you all the stats behind this, but uh, man, it's a guy who's kind of used to this. Uh, he, he's a name that is really exciting when he gets there, does funny interviews, but then once he's there for a few years, you're kind of like, I don't know if this is our guy. It's Mr. Mike Leach at Mississippi State. <laughs> I. I I don't know. I don't know if he's going to survive that conference. If they get, I mean, he, you know, he went through that that thing where it was like everybody was leaving. You know, he had he kind of like cleaned house a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he cleaned house and replaced it with better people. I mean, he's. It just seems like he's he struggled a little bit, and I I don't know how much longer. I don't think his leash gets longer this year. I think it gets a whole lot tighter. And I think that, again, Mississippi State's one of those teams that's kind of in that layer of, hey, who gets kicked out of the SEC if they start moving teams? Uh-huh. It's just been a while since they've they've really contributed, really made a run. And even in a, in a good bowl game, in my opinion, it's been a while. Like, when was the last time yep. that they were, you know, the top th- – top, honestly, the top three of the uh, the SEC West? I mean, it's been 2014. a while. 2014. Yeah, it was Dak Prescott, and that was almost like a one-off year. So, yeah. I think Mike Leach has got – he might have two years, but I, I, I don't – if it doesn't look better this year, again, I mean, there's there's some other people out there that you probably – you could find. And Leach was talking about mm-hmm. how it was going to be so much easier to recruit in the South that he was going to have just more talent to pull from. He wasn't having to mm-hmm. recruit all the way up to Washington. I mean, I think he's got – I think this is his year. This is the, the put up or shut up. Hampton, what do you think about that? Very off the wall pick. I love. I love it. I. Um, I think. That, What's up, coach? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, you, you. You're. I mean, you're on a roll right now, man. I think. I think you make some good points. I do think mm-hmm. that Will Rogers is um, a really good quarterback. I think he's top five in the SEC. I don't think the season he had last year gets discussed enough, um, but. They did lose some talent, especially Charles Cross going in the first round, left tackle, um, really good player. And that, de- you know, the defense is kind of eh. But I think with Will Rogers at the helm, he might do just enough. But if they crash and burn, I could wholeheartedly see um, them kind of getting rid of him. But honestly, who are they going to get this better? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think you kind of have to ride it out and let him kind of ride with, you know, he might have a year where he gets 10 to 11 wins and then the next year he's down in the pit. You might just have to ride, ride with that unless you have a surefire pick that you think um, can elevate the program. Um, but on the Florida's – oh, go ahead. I just wanted to say, like, you know, I think that we were also kind of sitting back and saying the same thing about Tennessee and Missouri that like, who are you going to get? Mm-hmm. And I think we've kind of seen is like, Hey, Mike Leach, you're not the only person 
who knows how to run these like high powered yeah. offenses to score points. I think your point is extremely fair. I don't know if you can go find another diamond in the rough per se, mm-hmm. but I think that, yeah, I mean, they're kind of honestly in that really bad, they've always kind of lived in this not bad enough to like kind of hit the full reset mm-hmm. mode, but never good enough to challenge. I mean, they're just stuck in that really hard rut where it's like yep. no one's really happy, where you're not good enough where people are happy and you're really not bad enough to fire the guy you got. Cause like you said, who wants to come into this kind of just lackluster, not lackluster, just kind of that middle of the pack, but you've got a really clear ceiling and a really clear floor almost. Hey, if I'm them, go get my guy Jeremy Pruitt and let him start handing out dollar bills and McDonald's bags again. Why not? Let's do it. Hey, it was DoorDash, baby. <laughs> who said, who said no? <laughs> who said no? Um, Ding dong. Anybody order some hundreds? That's yeah. That's right, hey. <laughs> <laughs> on the value menu, too, or that, yeah. that, that yeah. secret menu. But um, on the Florida State front, before I give my pick for um, Coach, I think, on the hot seat. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think Mike Norvell's going after this year. Um, not only the results on the field have been very lackluster, but him losing Travis Hunter on signing day to Jackson State was crippling because that kid is elite, 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 checks every box um, from like athleticism, uh, traits, instincts. I mean, he does it all. Like losing him is almost inexcusable. And I think. If they – now, that first game against LSU, if they come out and make a statement and they beat them, they can maybe yeah. ride the high of the season and maybe yeah. have a little better season than we're anticipating. But in my opinion, I think LSU's going to I think LSU's going to win that game. And I think he's a dead man walking. Um, and I think they're going to go for Dion in uh, the offseason. So, um, I think that was a great pick by both of y'all. Great, uh, great stuff. My guy, and this is unbiased – Hold on, before you go there, I would I would love to speak on two things if you don't mind. You got, I'll just you got jump it. in. You got it. You're you're a hundred percent right uh, about Mike Norvell with Travis Hunter, but I also think Marius uh, Marius Mims was another slap in the face. Mm. Oh, did we lose him? Oh, you're Uh-oh. gonna keep going. Take it here. Okay, so so uh, Mims was another slap in the face. Right, this guy wants to leave Georgia. He comes in and made this big fanfare about it. The guy leaves and goes right back to Georgia. You know, and then of course one of the funny takes: your grown man with your whole staff singing "Happy Birthday" to Kamani uh, McLean, and he's not even in your top list. I mean, you're holding <laughs> a pink My Little Pony cake. I mean, it's almost. You, and you have to remember, these boosters look at stuff like this, social media mm-hmm. podcast, and they're like, "We're a laughing stock," and it, yeah. these people invest a lot of money in it. It, it tees them off, you know. And then, real quick, I want to jump on Mississippi State. Mississippi State is hard. Mm-hmm. You're kind of almost a little brother to Ole Miss. And your two major universities, you got probably the two most uh, colorful characters out there. You got Lane Kiffin, and then you have mm-hmm. Mike Leach. He's talking about pirates. This dude's talking about sailboats. I mean, he's got a puppy that he does with all the recruits, take pictures, and Lane Kiffin. And this guy's over here, our matey. So it's so tough, you know. And he's in a spot. You're in Mississippi. Look, mm-hmm. again, just like Florida State, what are you battling? You're not only getting the, the the leftovers throughout the state, but you're also getting the leftovers throughout the surrounding states. The LSU, Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, Georgia, all of these states. And I'm looking right here. Their highest ranked recruit is a three-star with a .89 ranking right now. Oof. I mean, and you got 13 guys committed already, and you got the highest guy you have is a point eighty nine. He's the he's the four hundred and best pl- player in the in the nation. Mm. So it's very tough for him. So anyway, um, I just want to say that that recruiting is going to be hard. And to you guys' point, I don't know if you can find anybody better, but unfortunately, boosters don't see it that way. They mm-hmm. always think they can. And the only way I think you can is if you find a young up and coming coach, uh, you know, that's got that fire behind him and stuff that can do it. But an older guy like a leech or guys that's been around. That's a tough battle for those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Maybe, maybe just real quick on, on the Mississippi State. I mean, you're talking about they had, you know, the highest person they have right now is a three-star. I remember whenever there was a guy from our my high school um, named Rara that they recruited. What even – didn't even have a ranking last year. I guess probably a couple of years ago, but ended up being one of their kind of diamonds they found under the rough. I mean, had zero stars, barely had a profile, and 
their board, whenever he committed, they're like, man, we're over, this is bad. We're over here recruiting people that don't even have stars next to their name. I mean, he's he's got a really tough job. And that's why I think, like you said, boosters just don't see it that way. Is It's just like mm-hmm. you got to take the three stars and, and turn them into something. And uh, when you don't do that, I mean, you got that's you're, yeah. you're in a tough spot. You, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. And if you look at Mississippi, he's the 408th best player, but he's the sixth mm-hmm. best player in Mississippi. Yeah. What does that tell you about the state of Mississippi's talent pool? Mm-hmm. Not great. Not yeah. great at all. Yeah. Well, my coach on the hot seat should not be a shock. <laughs> it's Mr. Brian Harson from Auburn. Now, I say this not as what I would do, but with the situation that happened in January, February, the attempted coup, as I like to call it, where they tried to get that man out of there after a year, um, the boosters are clearly not behind this guy. And not only do I not think Auburn's going to be a very talented team this year, I think arguably the team last year that they had might have been the most talented that they were going to have under Harson. And I say that because – you look at their recruiting right now. I know they picked up a couple guys out of their Big Cat weekend, and that there and there's rumors or whispers that they're going to flip Bo Hewley from Georgia, even though Georgia um, is feeling pretty confident that they still have his commitment um, pretty secure. Like he's not recruiting at a high level. I don't think the on-field product that recruits are going to see is going to make them more eager to come and play for him. And then you got the boosters behind it all who, if he doesn't win at least eight games, he's out. I mean, there's no question about it. Now, would I have that mindset? Absolutely not. A guy needs time to build the program his way. And I think for all intents and purposes, he's trying to weed out um, the kids that aren't going to you know, fall in line and kind of share the same ideals and principles that he wants that program to have from hard work, discipline, you know, all that type of stuff, kind of like what Saban did when he came to Alabama and he weeded out a lot of kids. I think Harson's trying to take that approach. And I think maybe you give him two, three years more, he can mold the program more into his vision of what he wants it to be. But I don't think he's going to get that opportunity because I think the boosters never wanted him, And, you know, regardless of what Alan Green says of, oh, he was our number one pick bogus your number one pick was mario cristobal and he spurned you then you went to a couple other people and um kevin Steele was hoping he'd get that job now he's in miami with uh with mario so and you got stuck with brian harson who i think is a fine coach i don't think he's an elite coach and i don't think he's ever going to take auburn to the heights that auburn fans are expecting him to go so brian harson is my answer what do y'all Real quick, what do y'all think about that? And then we'll move on to our final uh, final topic for the show. I just quickly say, man, you know, I, I totally agree. And just for honorable mention purposes, Scott Frost is steaming. Oh, back. great. Yeah. This is honorable mention. Yeah. You about, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how he still has it. I mean – no, no, I did. I mean, that was like a that was like a kid that was getting in trouble and he was supposed to get 10, 10 spankings – and somehow that man came out of there with not a with not a We're not, not a, a on his behind, dude. It makes I don't I don't understand that one at all. Yeah, you that was he's in the same yeah, and he's in the same boat. It's tough sledding. It's hard to get people in Nebraska. It's hard mm-hmm. to get these guys. Recruiting is so different. But go ahead, Hampton. Well, not only that, I've never seen a stat like I saw last year with their team. I believe it was either eight or nine of their losses were like by one score. (laughs) Like how in the world do you lose that many close games and you don't like you're right there and you don't, you don't eke it out in the end to at least get it um, to ball eligibility. Great honorable mention, great honorable mention. I didn't even think about him, but they probably already got the buyout contract written up and they're just ready for about midway through the year when, when when they're two and four. Yeah. And whip yeah. that bad boy out and get somebody new in there. Great, um, great mention by you, Coach. And we'll we'll move on to the final question. And okay. I know you're like a kid in a candy store about this one. 
I love it. Give me a program on the rise for 2022. The U, baby, is all about the U. Let's go. I, I listen, I am so excited. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, if you follow my show, you guys know I was uh, uh, on the lane train over Mario Crystal. Yeah, you were. Mm-hmm. It, had, it had nothing truly to do with the ability more than it had to do with, um, well, I guess it did have to do with ability, but it, it, in regards of not realizing or not knowing, because no one in the fan base could have ever foreseen that the University of Miami was going to open their wallet open up the, 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 the pocketbook and really financially support this. We've been hearing this for years. You know, Mario Cristobal, yes, an alumni for the Hurricanes. Yeah, but guess what? So was Mark Rick. But Mark Rick had to give a million of his own dollars just to get an indoor practice facility. You have Randy Shannon, who was an alumni of Miami, and nothing happened. So why would Mario Cristobal be different? But guess what? They proved me wrong, and that was really my deciding factor was – I didn't want the fan base to turn on another hurricane because yeah. you weren't, weren't going to get a different result. And one thing I can't say about Lane Kiffin, he can't do a lot with a little bit in a hurry. Not looking for him to be the 10 year guy, but at least get us out from down here, get it going. And then maybe the alumni would have said, or the, the school would have said, you know what, let's really fund this thing. And then mm-hmm. Mario could have been the second guy. So, the program on the rise for me is my beloved Miami Hurricanes, the orange and green. Um, and so I can't wait to see what it is. All the hype is here. All the talk is here. The recruiting, we've been watching it. But Killing you still, still got to do it between the white lines. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah. Well, uh, Mr. John Ruiz has been throwing out money like nobody's business. And that's been helping. And now nah, I'm kidding. Mario, dude, Mario is an elite recruiter. Um, has been since his days at Alabama. You talked about that South Florida pipeline. I believe it might have been in our last show, in our previous show, Mario was a big reason we established that um, and got a lot of those guys like Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. He was in on a lot of those guys. So um, I'm excited to see what he does there. I mean, you've got Francis Magua. Uh, I probably butchered that last name. Francis Maui Goa. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, elite offensive tackle, Jaden Wayne, Jaden Rashada. Quarterback, really good um, player, Malik Bryant, um, Raul Aguirre. Um, I mean, just a lot of good kids um, committed to you. And then you've got Gaddis coming in as the OC. You've got Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator, which I think that's a very solid staff. Um, I don't think Guess is an elite OC, uh, but I think he, I think he'll do really well. And you got Tyler Van Dyke, who I think is one of the um, breakout stars potentially in college football in 2022. So before we kind of let you go, um, mm-hmm. give me a couple names other than like Tyler Van Dyke um, to kind of watch out for, for the Canes this year. Who I'm looking for offensively. I just jumped off a previous podcast and I was the same question. There's a young man named Brashard Smith. I think can be dynamic. He's mm-hmm. fast. You know, he's not six, two or whatever the case may be, but he has elite speed. He's about one ninety five ten. 5'11", somewhere in at the wide receiver spot. He's a guy who can do journeyman things, but make elite moves with it, right? So we have a guy like Restrepo, right? The journeyman guy, go in there, take the hard hits, catch the ball across the middle, get get up for the first down. But Rashard get that ball, he might, I see you. He's going for 60. So I, I can't wait to see what Coach Gaddis does with him and how they game plan to use his skill set to win big games and create big plays. We've had a big problem with yak yardage in that sense. Yeah, we'll go up and catch a ball, but no yaks out of it. We'll catch mm-hmm. the hitch, get tackled. I want to see a guy get it at six, seven yards like a Devontae Smith and take that thing 16. He definitely can do that uh, in that sense. On the defensive side, of course, you know, we got the big six five safety, James Williams, uh, in that mm-hmm. sense. We'll find out how he turns his game up with Kevin Steele being a safety coach, with the with, uh, 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 Charlie Strong, the linebacker coach, and so forth. So I hope that defense come out biting because tackling was a big issue for us, and we definitely have to fix that problem. Yeah. Do you – last question for me, and then, Chase, I'll kind of kick it to you to see if you have any more for Coach. Do you see 
uh, freshman tight end, Jaleel Skinner, kind of coming in. I know you flipped him from Alabama right the last second on signing day. A lot of upside for that guy. Do you see him playing any role in this offense? Definitely, right? So when you look at, uh, of course, you have Will Mallory, who's the potential starter, right? The the, the mm-hmm. elder statesman in the room. Uh, then you have Arroyo, who who is kind of maybe next in line. And then Jaleel Skinner, where you look at Josh Gaddis's offenses through his three years at Michigan, they kind of changed up. They did use some 12 personnel in there, where meaning you're having two tight ends on the field at the same time. But Jaleel Skinner also has a receiver skill set, where he doesn't have to have his hand in the dirt, a big body, not calling him Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts-ish, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, I definitely see Jaleel Skinner contributing to this, but Year two of Mario Cristobal, he definitely would be a contributor because Will Mallory would be gone. Gotcha. Chase, you got anything for Coach yeah, to I mean, wrap us up? Yeah, just simply maybe as uh, – I know we're talking just kind of Miami talking recruiting. Um, what's that one team that's in the ACC right now? I feel like, you know, we had Clemson who was the juggernaut and then had a down year. I mean, it feels like Miami's got a pretty good route going forward. But who's that team you're circling – who might be better than most people think they're going to be this year. Maybe it's like the NC State. It doesn't feel yeah. like Pittsburgh's going to be – like who's the team you're kind of watching out for who could – who's going to – if you win that game, you're going far. But that's the pivotal moment, the pivotal game kind of in the season. Good who are you question. circling? Well, from the ACC standpoint, because, you know, we come off with Texas A&M game yeah. three. But, but, but kicking off our ACC run is UNC. We have not beat them, I think, in the past four years. Um, and they're young. They're relatively young, right? I know they lost their quarterback in Sam Howell, but people mm-hmm. don't realize how young they are. They still got good guys. Josh Downs at receiver. Still got Tony Grimes on the corner. And this cat was starting in college. He should have been a senior, not even a freshman. He should have been a right. senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And this guy is starting at Power 5 football. So he's no joke. I mean, they got guys. And 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 I think that will catapult us through the NC. I'm sorry, through the ACC run that we're going to have because Coach Cristobal may be new to it, but these guys on his team are not. These seniors have been getting their teeth kicked in the past three, four years by UNC. So they need this W uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to – and it's early. Clemson is later on down the line. Well, can I just tell you, Coach, my yes. hope is that you beat Texas ATM into the dang ground and embarrass them and Jimbo looks – for the next for the rest of the season like he ain't shaved and looks like he's been coming off a little bit of a hangover. I hope you destroy him. Hold so, on, where's he be looking over his glasses? That's yeah. right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well Chase, you got anything else for coach? Or Man, you think no. we're good to wrap it up? No, no. I, I think if I could just quickly maybe say one team that uh I think might get better this year. I think that Michigan has been trying their hardest to get to where they wanted to be. And it's they took such a step back. They lost coaches. The way that mm-hmm. their season ended, again, they're, they've been waiting so long with, with Harbaugh to get to where they wanted to go. And this could have been the year where they try to take one more step. I think they take a step back. But I think the Penn State gets back in the conversation. They had a really good recruiting year last year. I think that you're going to see a little bit. I think Penn State's going to be on the rise. I know we didn't really get a chance to go around and answer that question. I was uh-huh. just like, man, I mean, hearing you talk about Gaddis going to Miami, and it was just like, hey, Miami, hey, you got Cristobal. You got your guy. Like, do what you got to do to, to keep him happy, keep him there, because you don't want to end up like a Michigan where it's just like you fought this whole time just to see this flaky back and forth then everything ended up staying how it was, but you lost all the integrity. You lost good coaches. Um, I think Penn State benefits from that. But I would just say, again, I think that Hampton and I want to see Miami do well for your sake. But honestly, I mean, they're playing teams like A&M, but also just to see a really fun team, that gridiron come out of the ACC. So, Coach, we're pulling for y'all. Know that we're excited. Let's do it. Yeah, let's it's do good it. for college football. It's good for college football. It's good. It's good, man. And, and guys ask me every day, every show. And I'll just say this last piece in closing. Coach, what's your prediction for the year? I don't have one. I want Coach Mario Cristobal to set his own standard. Now, once he, once the bar goes up, it never goes down. 
whatever mm-hmm. he goes through, right? If he's eight and four, nine and three, or God forbid, six and six, I'm okay. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. But I have to see progression. I have mm-hmm. to. Because what you don't want is come out 10 and two, and then, like you say, year two, eight and four, and you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you split around, you shot your water at the beginning, you have anything left. And Lord, we can, I don't know if we can pay our 10 year, eight million, nine million dollars. I don't know. We're going to fight it. We're going to ride that way for a while. But anyway, uh, guys, like I said, man, I, I really appreciate, you know, you guys giving me the opportunity to come on here, man, and just chop up some football with you guys, man. I really love what you guys are doing. And I also love the support that you guys give to the, to the show as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coach. Hey, like, as you said with coach Chris Ball, coach me, coach, like you say all the time on your show, coach me, coach. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again, coach, um, for joining us for a two-parter, man. What a, what a delight. And before we let you go, if you can mention uh, where people can find you at and uh, all the great work you're doing. You can find me on pretty much all platforms at Coach Hayes Football. Twitter is Coach Hayes FB. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter. Now I even got a TikTok now with Paul Little Timmy on it. But uh, <laughs> you guys can go ahead and check me out anywhere. But we're primarily on YouTube uh, right now. We we have fun. We do our Canes Talk Live on Sunday evenings. And during the season, we do a pre and a post game show. So you can catch us live there. Um, and we do the Coach Me Coach podcast on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock with my man Dom Smith, who's a big Buckeye fan. So we have a, a lot of back and forth going on. And Monday through Fridays, you can catch your WREs, the Watch, Reacting, and Evaluates, where we break down the top talent in the nation. And uh, we definitely got some Alabama guys coming up here. So we, I think we got a running back coming up soon that you guys just picked up. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that that is great to hear. That is great to hear, man. And thank you again for coming on. And for our listeners out there, be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel at the Pigskin Cafe. Uh, Be sure to click that notification bell, like our video, comment, um, and share with your friends. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and follow us on social media at the Pigskin Cafe for all the great stuff we have going there. The Pigskin Cafe will be closed for now, but until next time, chew on that.